This message is brought to you by Croydon Tabernacle, a part of the Redeemed Christian Church of God. Our mission is reconciling the individual, community and the nation to God. Be blessed as you listen. And um, I would like to just quickly go to Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. Well, it's a fairly long chapter, but I just want to pay attention to just a few verses. In particular, well, we look at three issues as much as time permits us, three issues. First of all, do we know or do we agree that Moses was commissioned to get the people of Israel out of Egypt? Do we agree on that? Was it an easy task? How do you know it was not easy? Sorry, can I have an extra microphone, please? Thank you. he could convince Pharaoh to let his um, people go, it wasn't easy. They had to have all the plagues. God had to display to Pharaoh for a long time. And at the end of the day, it was when the last bonds died that Pharaoh actually accepted that the Israelites should go. So it wasn't an easy task. He himself wasn't a good speaker. He told God that. And God said, okay, I will say your, um, your hus the, the husband of your sister would be your mouthpiece. And it was not an easy journey. So I wouldn't say it was well, easy. You know, we, we know that end because we can read it in the Bible. At the time it was being commissioned, it didn't have the benefits of how it would end. So for those of us today who are sent by God to work, how do you come to the point where you know that this is God asking you to set out on that assignment? How do you know? How do you know? Yes, please. To say you're only going to find out with your devotion and your time with God. That's the only place that you'll be able to commune with God and really get a better understanding as to what it is that he wants you to do and then moving in obedience. So which one is first? The assignment or the preparation? Both assignments. No, no. You know what I'm asking? Do we remember when Jesus Christ was selecting the apostles, the disciples? There was a particular verse in John that says, and he chose 12 that they should be with him. The word should shows what? Should, that they should be with him and that they might go out on assignment. So the composite first part is the relationship with God first. Sometimes what we do is we focus on ah, these gifts are to be used to glorify God, which is fine. But we abandon and we neglect the part of the daily relationship with God. I don't know whether it makes sense. The apostles had, the disciples learned the lesson. Their first assignment was to spend time, first of all, with Jesus before they were sent out to preach. This generation, we have turned it the other way around. The moment I have a small gift, the next thing is I go and start the church. Do, do, we, do we see that? So for Moses, God, I think, needed to prepare him for that assignment. That's why he spent 40 years, I won't call it wandering, but he spent 40 years in an obscure desert learning how to take care of sheep. So if I'm to bring that to this generation, 
when you are caught up in the daily routine of life, how do you see God in that boring daily routine? How do you see God in those boring routines? Is God in, in, in them, in those daily routines? Is God there with you? That becomes your first point of consideration. Then secondly, God told Moses, are we adding the heart of Pharaoh? Right? Why would God turn around and blame Pharaoh for his stubbornness? God already said, I will add in his heart. And he will not let my people go. And yet God punished Pharaoh and his people for that stubbornness. Where does God's responsibility start and end? Where does mine start and end? Do you understand the question? We easily, sometimes we say it is destiny. Somebody, somebody does what is wrong and is punished. And then we say it's destiny. That God had already written it down like that. That's what we say usually. My question is, where does God's responsibility for my life start and end? Where does mine start and end? Yes, please. I would say that as much as God is sovereign and has control over everything, he also has told us that he's given us the power to choose, right? So I would say that our responsibility starts in the choices that we make. You know, I, I don't know, but I'm just, life and death has, you know, uh, you, have, you, you have the choice Sorry. to choose. And so I would say my responsibility starts with the choices that I make. So yes, God has his role to play over everything, but I also have, if God had his way, he would literally just take every one of us here and we would all go to heaven. But he has asked us to choose while living, you know, we have to choose and be, um, I'm trying to think of the word, conscious and make a conscious choice and effort to strive towards being good people. And so I think it's in the choices that we make. Okay. Somebody wants to say something here too. Praise the Lord. I just want to talk about uh, Pharaoh and, uh, you know, the, the question you asked about Pharaoh, that why did God turn back and said uh, Pharaoh is uh, uh, stubborn or whatever. You see, the process of why, why God said he's going to harden the heart of Pharaoh was because of the Israelites anyway. Because you see, if God just come into this church now and heal everybody and do everybody, we just think it's our power. Oh, because brother, should we just preach today? Everybody was just falling down. Everybody was healed. So we'll take, we'll be sharing that glory with God. And then if you see, the, even despite the hardening of Pharaoh's heart and all those uh, uh, plague and whatever, they are still stubborn. They still, even when they saw the rest, they said, oh, Moses, you'll have leave us, so we are still eating a banana in uh, Egypt. Why are you, you know, so each time they keep on saying they want to go back. Each time they keep on saying, and that was why the journey of uh, 40 days, they use uh, 400 or whatever. So it's, it, is, it is part of the process. So some of us, and even when you asked that question, it went to my mind that some of us are going through what we are going through now because it's preparing us. And if we are ready, try to see God in that uh, 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 problem or whatever we are going through now, we'll be able to come out of it gloriously. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, God hardened the heart of Pharaoh because he was not the only Pharaoh of Egypt. You know, there was a Pharaoh 
that liked the children of Israel in the time of Joseph. The Bible says a Pharaoh came that knew not Joseph. That was when the problem began. So this Pharaoh does not know God. So it's a matter of attitude. It was his attitude towards God that placed him on the side where his heart was hardened. For instance, among the disciples of Jesus, Judas that betrayed Jesus was not named, was, his name was not clipped on the prophecy that says somebody will betray Jesus. He simply walked into it by his attitude. The prophecy was hanging. You know, there were 12. The, the Bible didn't say Judas was going to betray Jesus. But Judas walked into it through, by his attitude. When the alabaster box was broken and poured on Jesus, Judas said, why is this woman wasting resources? We would have sold it and given to the poor. Jesus said he was saying it because of who he was. He has been a thief from the beginning. You know, he was the one carrying the money bag. So Jesus knew his attitude right from the beginning. So he simply walked into that prophecy. So that's how whatever is written down is. It's attitude that brings people into it, judging Pharaoh and Judas that I have placed as an example. So this particular Pharaoh fitted into the Pharaoh that God will had in his heart. Mm. Praise the Lord. Amen. There's a, there's a lady at the back there that was going to say something. Purpose and choice. Um, I was going to say I agree with what Sister said because um, in regards to your question about the two parts, why God hardened Pharaoh's heart and then Pharaoh was still punished. I think Pharaoh's heart was already going to be hardened. He was going to be stubborn about it. He was not going to let um, God's people go. But God hardened his heart to teach Pharaoh that he is God. Mm. That's part. And then the second part is in regards to building the character in Moses because all of us are called for an assignment but not all of us has the character to keep us to fulfill that assignment. So if, if Pharaoh had just agreed and let the people go, Moses wouldn't have developed the diligence and commitment that he would have needed in the 40 years that the Israelites were stuck in the wilderness. I think that just more or less summarizes everything I was going to say. When God speaks, he speaks into the future. There's nothing about God that is just for the now. When God is speaking now, he's not addressing just now. He's addressing now, but he's also speaking into our future. Because he's a generational God. God is not a God of the now alone. The Bible calls him the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means that God is the same. There's nothing like he was only this in the New Testament and he's now this in the New Testament. He's the same God all through. So when he speaks... You and I have got a choice to make. That is where the power, that's where your power starts and ends. The power to make a choice. The moment you have made that choice, the consequences of that choice begin to operate. At that point, you have lost control over where you end because you have made that choice. And because God is generational, every assignment that he wants to achieve, he needs men. And women for it. He won't come down himself and do it. He needs men and women. You and I. The question will be whether I have prepared myself for the assignment that God wants to achieve. And let it be clear. God will never lack somebody to work. Bible says something that's about God. I think he said, Bible says he looked for a man. He did not see, and his hand wrought mighty miracles. He knows how to raise people for the work that he wants to get done. Elijah was sitting down there feeling so smug with himself that I, of all the prophets, 
I'm the one that is standing true to God. What did God say to him? I have over 7,000 that have not bowed the knee. Well, my question was, where were they all the while? But then, that's just personal. Where were they when Elijah was standing out? That's just personal. Don't ever think that if you do not come out, then God's work will suffer loss. I'm sorry. That is not possible. As long as it is God's assignment and it's God's work, he will always raise people. My last question. Okay, is it, will you say something? Okay. My last question. God told Abraham, your descendants will spend how many years? 400 years in a foreign land. How many years did they spend? 430. What happened? Do you, have you ever thought about the fact that if you say God's word cannot be broken and nothing he says fails to come to pass. If God said 400 to Abraham, why did they spend 430 years? Everything is in the Bible. Is, there are records in the Bible. I'm not saying them from my There were records in the Bible. They spent 430 years. What was the problem? What was the problem? I love, I love that response. The place they were ready to go for God to give to them was not ready. <laughs> I, lo I love that response because it's no, you know, there's no way in the Bible that really explains why they delayed, really. But with God, some things, we go back to what we said. When God was ready to move, he was looking for Moses. Moses was giving excuses. He was looking for men that would be the ones to be the instrument he would use. Moses was giving excuses. I do not know, and I will not add to what the Bible has recorded. Could it be that it was because in the scheme of things for God, that time had not yet come for them to be delivered? As hard as that sounds, I bring it back to myself. When I'm praying and I'm asking God for deliverance from something, and I've fasted, I have prayed, I have gone on the mountain and in the valley, on the seas and on the land, and I've done everything I can do, and nothing has changed. What is the next step? What's the next step? So, so, I, can't, so I can't hear you. Stand. <laughs> to stand. Okay, okay. Somebody probably want to say something at the back there, please. Stand. You asked a question about them spending 430 instead of 400. I want to make a reference to uh, uh, Daniel when it has to do with the Babylonians. God said 70, mm. but they spent beyond that because the fact that at the time they spent the 400 years, it is being recorded that they spent 400 years. At the time they spent the 400 years, they didn't call on God that God, you said 400 years. They say ignore, they feel complacent, they feel comfortable with where they are. But in the time of Daniel, when Daniel recognized that they are meant to spend 70 days, he called on behalf of the Jews, he called on God, and God brought them out. So I believe it's because they feel complacent about it. So they didn't bother to ask God, oh, what is the next step and all that. That's, that's yeah. I remember Daniel says, when I understood by the records that the 70 years were complete, <laughs> he raised his voice. So, but when you have done according to how God has recorded. The time has come and you have prayed and you have done everything 
or you, you know the time has come and nothing has changed. What Dickens has said just makes so much sense. You just need to keep standing. As, as, tough, as tough as that sounds, how do you do that in practical terms? Practical terms now. It's very easy to quote the Bible. The Bible says in Ephesians 6, and have we done all to stand? It's very easy to, <laughs> I, I like that. That's what the Bible says. But in practical terms, how do you do that? That's, that's one. <laughs> that's one. Okay. Praise God. Regards to the question, uh, after you have prayed, you have fasted, and nothing is forthcoming, I think for me, because I always want to use myself as an example. You praise God ahead of that particular thing. One, you keep watching. Because you can't be smarter than God. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe that particular thing you are requesting, you are not mature enough to have it at that particular time. Because there are times, according to Ecclesiastic, it said there is time for everything. You understand? While I was actually planning to travel out, I have um, go ahead seeking for visas, visas in Gulf region, um, in Norway. None are forthcoming. So when this one, this particular one, come, I was saying God. But often time when I pray, I see myself in a foreign line. I was like, Ah, uh -uh, God, when is it going to happen? So when this one came. I was like, it's like a dream. So you wait. That is just it. Just wait. Praise the Lord. You wait. <laughs> you wait. That's where the problem is. That waiting actually is the problem. <laughs> yes, please. Okay. You have to stand on wavering on, that, on a promise of God relating to that breakthrough. If you got one in the first place. If you got a word from God in the first place. That's fine, but I was going to say a word as in a promise in the word of God mm. that you mm. can stand on, mm. unwavering. Mm. Because obviously, like you said, the challenge is waiting. We all don't like waiting. Mm. So mm. what is going to keep you grounded to instead of sort of running ahead of God and trying to do it your way is finding a promise that you can stand on. Mm. That when that doubt or insecurity or fear comes in, you can keep reminding yourself that of, of the word of God, basically. Mm. Mm. Just to add to what my wife said, another thing is... Remind God of his promises. Sure. I am the beginning and the end. What I said I would do, I will do. I will do. Mm. The purpose of that is God does not forget. Mm. But sometimes you've heard in the Bible, he said, and he remembered. That was going to be a question. <laughs> over my time, yeah. So God knows everything. So sometimes he uses remembered. So when you remind God, you say you would do this. But in reminding him also, you give gratitude to him, whatever it is. Then secondly, just to back to the first question you asked about Pharaoh, just to add, Pharaoh's stubborn heart, for me, there's more than one answer to that. Sometimes, it was not because of Pharaoh, but it was because of the Israelites, the people around him. Because God said, I am the God, and there's no other beside me. So he had to show them those miracles, so they would know that there's no other God in Egypt, except him. And also, for them, he also needed to develop the hearts of the Israelites. If you look at it, the cucumber there was very sweet. <laughs> they were not ready to go. <laughs> but after a bit of Pharaoh gave like a bit front and back, mm. you know, God has to show them, okay, I can do this and this and this. Mm. Even so much more. So sometimes when God gives you a word or a promise or a, a like a, a gift, 
sometimes it's not for you, it's for the people Somebody around else. you. Mm. And Pharaoh's hardened heart was because God wanted to show the Israelites. Remember, this was 430 years where they were enjoying, but the hardness came after a while and stuff like that. But they needed to know their God all over all again. Over again. Uh, I think sometimes if you have done all things, uh, whatever you say, you said, sometimes we need to ask to sit down and reason with, because God said, come and reason with me. You ask him, God, I've done everything. Why is this? Up? Can you show me? Maybe it's you. You have some. You have some things in maybe in your heart. Sometimes you have forgiven someone. Sometimes you 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 are you are you are, you, are, you have hunger. Sometimes you, you you don't greet even people, but you need God to help you. Sometimes God. Sometimes. It, uh, he sees those things, and sometimes everything in you, 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 are, you are the person who, who can't even, when you, they step on you, oh my God. It's, but you are, you, are, you are waiting for God. You have done everything, whatever. <laughs> but sometimes you need to ask God, why is, why is this? God will, will, will show you why, why you, can't, you can't do that, that thing. Yeah. You know, in conclusion, let's not forget. The first time Moses burst into the Egyptian scene, what was the thing he did? In anger, he killed a man. What was the same thing that stopped him from getting into Egypt? That same anger. That is a lesson for us. What you don't deal with now, in the journey of your purpose, it is likely that that same thing will be the entrance to the fulfillment of your purpose, if you do not watch it. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you again for your word. Thank you because you are the one who teaches. The word of God is powerful. It is active. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. You are the one who helps us. We ask, oh God Almighty, that you will help. You will uphold us by your power. In this journey of our lives, help also God to walk in line with your will. Help also God to wait on you, to depend totally on you. Let's never run ahead of you or think we are smart in our own rights. But Father, by your grace, we will depend on you. Our lives will glorify you, and men will come to know you through us. Thank you, mighty Father, for in Jesus' mighty name we've prayed. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope that you were ministered to through this message. If you have any comments on this presentation or would like to contact us, our address is 38 to 40 Parsons Meet, West Croydon, CR03SL. To speak to a member of our team, you can call us on 0208-688-466. Our website address is www.croydentabernacle.org.uk. Thank you and God bless.